Good morning, everybody. Lovely to be with you today. I always like coming here because I catch up with a lot of old friends with the emphasis on old. Some of us go back many years and uh, seen you walk with the Lord for years. It does my heart good. And the older I get, the more I realize it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Because let me say this to all you younger ones, it doesn't get any easier. I'm telling you, it doesn't get any easier. So uh, it's he that endures to the end, the same will be saved. I want to read a scripture that most of you will know from Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, it's Paul writing to the Ephesian church, and he's coming to the end of his letter. And in verse 10, he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you could take your stand against the devil's schemes. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. You may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with a belt of truth buttled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. The title of my message this morning is making a stand. That's what I'm preaching about, making a stand. And I want to read a scripture that um, I didn't get the guys to put up there, but I'll just read it to you, because again, it's one that I'm pretty sure most of you will know. It's from 2, Peter, 2 Timothy chapter 3, and it says, But mark this. Now, Paul is writing to a young man who's in the ministry, and he's going to take on great responsibility. Timothy is writing to this young man. He's like a, a spiritual son to Paul. He says, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. In the last days, terrible times will come. I've just read that to you. Doesn't that sound like the day in which we're living in? Yes. Doesn't Paul wrote that 2,000 years ago. About the condition of the world just before Jesus returns. And you know, we're living in a mad world. We're living in turmoil. Nobody really knows. And this is... A, frightening thing for the world nobody really knows what's going to happen there are so many if you watch youtube like i do and i look at all sorts of things concerning the war and and economy and and there are so many opinions out there 
But all that I have read, every one of those who are involved with finance believe a big collapse is coming. I mean, a big worldwide collapse financially, economically. And I believe that will be a terrific thing. Do you know why I believe that? Because I believe we're living in a day and age where we have made our God the dollar. We, we say, well, we're, we're, we're not idolaters. We don't believe in different... We, we, and some people say, they're, they're atheists, they don't believe anything. Hey, I'm going to tell you they do. They believe that the dollar is their God. Because the dollar will bring them good health. The dollar will bring them security. The dollar will bring them pleasure. The more dollars you've got, the better you're going to be. This is what is believed by the world. And it may not be voiced in that way, but I'm telling you, down in their hearts, deep in their minds, they believe the more you have, the better off you're going to be. That becomes their God. Used to be when God was the one that we cared about that would heal us. Well, no, 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 no. If you've got enough money, you can get all the medical attention you need. You're going to be all right. No, 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 no. If you've got enough money, you can get all the pleasure that you want. And in fact, if you can get enough money, you can afford so many things that will fill your life with joy. But we've also looked at people with a lot of money. We've looked at people with millions, billions of dollars. I never thought when I was a young man I'd hear the expression, I, I understood the expression a millionaire, but I never thought I'd hear the expression billionaire. And when I hear not only billionaires, but these men and women have got hundreds of billions of dollars. And yet many of them, their marriage is broken. Their families are destroyed. Many of them have got all this money, but no real peace within their hearts. You see, if you make the dollar your God, you're in big trouble. And I think, quite possibly, and this is going to really... I said to Pastor David, he said, they're really good to see you today, Dad. I says, I hope they will be after this message I'm going to preach. Because some said to me, I've come to you, we knew you preach. we've come to hear you today. Well, I hope you can say that when you're going out. Because I think an economic collapse will probably be a good thing. People will start to look for God where he really is and not in the dollar. Amen? It's a truth that when problems come, no matter who you are, you turn to God. I remember once I worked with a communist uh, um, trade leader, and he'd been to Russia. This was during the 60s of the Cold War, and he was an ardent communist and an ardent atheist. And we used to have many arguments. I was only a young man then. He, I, I worked with him, and uh, we had many disagreements. And once I said to him, I want you to answer me something truthfully. And he said, okay. I said, no, I mean truthfully. You're an atheist, aren't you? He says, yes, I am. I don't believe in God. I said, well, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to answer me this question honestly. And he looked at me, and he said, okay, I will. I said, okay, my question is this. Do you ever pray? And do you know what he said? When I get in trouble, I do. This is, I'm talking about one of the most ardent atheists that I've ever met. And I want to tell you, when people get into trouble, where do you turn? There's nowhere else to turn but him. So, so I'm telling you, I don't think, by the way, that there's such a thing as an atheist. I think there are many fools, but, but not atheists. Because the Bible says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So I believe we're living in turmoil. We're living in fear. I mean, a lot of fear. The COVID has come and ravished the world, and then on top of that, we have this war. And not that, that is not the only war that's being fought. Many wars in this world are being fought now. Many atrocities, things that you're not even hearing about. In Myanmar, there's people being killed by the thousands. Groups are being put to death in horrible. We never even hear about that hardly. There's many different wars. And there's something else that's happening in this day and age that 
I've never again seen the likes of it before. I'm an old man. I've been preaching for a long time. I'm 81, but I've been preaching since I was 16. That's a long time, would you agree with that? So I've seen a lot of things, heard a lot of things. But I'm seeing things today that as a young man and a middle-aged man, I thought I would never see. I thought I would never experience same-sex marriage. Never thought I would have, not in my lifetime, never. And many other things that we could talk about that I've seen today where God is just put to one side and his will, his will doesn't really matter because people just want to tear the Bible to pieces and say it's not true. And people are trying to live outside of the Bible. And what happens? The world becomes a mess as a result of that. And as I look around me, and I see the fear and the horror, I also notice something else, that Christians are under attack like they've never been before. Now, I'm a student of history. I love history, so I've stu- and particularly Christian history. I've studied it for the last 2,000 years. I've studied what goes back 2,000 years. I love it. And I could tell you lots about persecution in the Roman times and many other different areas throughout Europe where Christians have been persecuted and put to death. But I'm going to tell you something now that a lot of you perhaps don't even realize. In the last 20 years, more Christians have been put to death for Jesus Christ than in the last 2,000 years. That's in our day and age. There's more persecution today against a Christian than anyone else. In this country of ours where they believe in equality, where they believe in everybody can have a voice, do you know who the ones that really get pulled down more than anyone else? Christians. They break their own code of ethics to have a shot at the Christians. They say things about Christians that they would not dare say about Muslims. Not dare say it about Muslims. They say things, in fact, you never hear in this so-called enlightened nation in which we live, you never hear religion being put down, but you hear of Christians being put down. Over and over again. There is a persecution against Christians, and, and it's a strong one, and I believe it's because the devil knows his time is short. There's a scripture that says, you are the salt of the earth, and you are the light of the world. Matthew chapter 5. You, if you're a Christian, are the salt of the earth. Glory to God. You, if you're a Christian, are the light of the world. Not politicians. Christians. Now, if you're political in here this morning, uh, okay, I forgive you, but... I'm not political. Let me just tell you, I've never been political. Because I do not believe that politics has the answer to this world's problems. If politics had the answer, the problems would have been solved years ago. And let me just tell you something else for those of you who don't know. Politics is not a new thing. It's not something in our generation or our parents' generation. Politics has been around from the word go. There's politics anywhere, everywhere. And there's loads of different parties that people have said this is the way to go, that is the way to go. And every country that's got different political powers in are still in a mess. There's none sorted. Politics is not the answer to the world's problems. Not. It's just not the answer. Money is not the answer to the world's problems problems listen to this education is not and I, well, I want to tell you this that education is what it is today thanks to Christianity schooling was birthed by Christians hospitals were birthed by Christians it, it would take Christianity out of the world there'd been no hospitals or education for many many more years it wouldn't have been so I'm not against education but I'm just telling you this education is not the answer do you know why I know that Do you know why I know that education is not the answer? Because I live in Australia. One of the most educated countries in the world. And one of those mixed up countries in the world. 
You take America, which is supposed to be the heart of democracy. That is, stands for, it's the most divided nation on earth. I'm telling you. It's not the United States of America. It is the states of America. The states of America that are not united. Education's not the answer. Money's not the answer. The answer to the world's problems are you, if you're a Christian. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But then he said, you are the light of the world. Talking to those who would follow him. Wow. I can't get down, can I, because of that? Yeah, I've got, I've got to be very careful. Okay. I like to get down amongst you. The second service I can get down. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get, I can see the whites of the eyes in the second service. But <laughs> the church is under incredible persecution because the devil knows you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. So it's about time that Christians started to shine and shake for Jesus. I thought I'd I'd get a better amen than that. Perhaps you didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. It's time that Christians started to shine and shake for Jesus. Jesus says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. Hallelujah. And you know what salt does? Well, it purifies. Salt makes food palatable. And I like salt. In spite of what they say, I like salt. I have plenty of salt, and I don't look too bad, do I? I'm going to tell you, Christians are those people who make life palatable for others. Christians are those who are preserving this. If it wasn't for the Christians on earth today, I'm talking about born-again Christians. I'm not talking about religious Christians. Religious Christians fall in the same category to me as Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, and the rest of them. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about Christians. I'm not talking about people who go to church and they go because of their conscience. I'm talking about people who love Jesus and they believe that through him they're the light and the salt. And I'm saying this, if it wasn't for the Christians on earth today, the world would be in even more of a mess than it's in. It's in a bad mess now, but it would be even in more of a mess because Christians are the purifying factor in this world. The most important people in the world today are Christians. So it's high time we started to live like one. It's high time we started to speak like one. It's high time we took our stand for what we believe in. Paul knew the days were going to be hard. And he says... We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Your fight is not with people. Your fight is not with your government. Your fight is not with the council. Your fight is not with your neighbor. Your fight definitely isn't with your husband or your wife or your kids. Amen. Your fight is against principalities and powers, against a darkness that is in this world. And anybody with a bit of common sense can look at this world and say, there's something really wrong here, and this wrong goes beyond what man can do. It's not just man. It's not just the evil that men do, and they are evil in their sin, but there's something behind them that's motivating them. I look at men like Pudin. And I think, what is motivating a guy like that? And, and no, none of the world will say this, but I'm going to say it. It's demons that are motivating a man like that to do the wicked, evil things that he's done and have no conscience whatsoever at what he's done. We've got to make a stand for Jesus. God, God. We don't want gutless Christians. Come on, we don't. We want Christians who are going to make a stand for what they believe in and a stand for Jesus. But the problem is, 
the devil's got a loud voice and he's always telling us shut up be quiet don't make a fool of yourself just shut up be quiet lay low if you want to be a Christian well just lay low just shut up and be quiet the devil wants you to be quiet you know in February, when Russia amassed its troops against the Ukraine, the Ukrainians were completely outnumbered. They say 10 to 1 in the army. When we saw the pictures of those tanks and trucks coming, the artillery, and then they put themselves there right on the border, and they believed, Putin believed, that the Ukraine would be a walkover. Just like Hitler did before the Second World War when he walked into Czechoslovakia. He walked into Czechoslovakia with all of his soldiers, his troops, his tanks. And nobody lifted a finger against him. Because they all believed he's too strong for us. He has greater power than us. His military is better than ours. Well, you and I have been fed with lies that the Russian military was the third greatest military in the world, that there's nothing to be compared with it, what they have, the money they've gotten spent in their military. And the, the Ukrainians were expected to just be quiet and let it happen. And he comes down into Kiev, takes over the city, and just rules the nation. But boy... Did those Russians get a shock? Yeah. Outnumbered, the Ukrainians were nowhere near the sophisticated weapons that the Russians were purported to have. Do you know what the Ukrainians did? They made a stand. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Peter says the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now notice the wording. The devil walks about like a roaring lion, but he isn't one. He can make a noise, but he isn't one. In fact, there's only one true spiritual lion, and that's Jesus. He is a lion of the tribe of Judah, and he has prevailed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But the devil wants you to think he's a lion. He wants you to think he's the king of the jungle. He's the one. Well, he's not. Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The first, the last, the alpha, the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He says, and I love the way Peter puts it. He says, the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast. When the devil comes to you, Dig your heels in and say, devil, this far, no further. That's what the Ukrainians did. And these, when the, they wanted to take here, they wanted to take the airport there. And the Russians sent all these helicopters over and to take that airport and to take complete control of it. Do you know what the Ukrainians were firing at those helicopters? Rifles. That's all they had. They just stood their ground. They couldn't land them. They, they shot, they shot <laughs> many of them down with their rifles. I mean, this was unheard of. They couldn't, this great mass of an army could not take this little airport. Because people stood their ground and say, this is our country. You're not taking it. You've got no right to be here. And now we've seen since then, they're even taking all the land back that the Russians had taken. And they will. And they're going to get Crimea back as well. Because they made a stand. They made a stand even though the world says you can't do it. Even though all the facts were against them. And all the odds were against them. They made a stand. Well, I'm telling you, church, this morning, don't listen to what the devil says. And don't listen to what the world says. You make a stand. You start to make a stand for what is right in God. You stand up for your family. 
You stand for your marriage. You make a stand for your good health. Amen. Come on. You make a stand for these things because the devil wants you to believe that you're going to get sick and die. He wants you to believe that your family is going to disintegrate. He wants you to believe that your finances are just going to wear away. He wants you to believe things that are going to just stop you being the person that God wants you to be. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When I look at you, you're Christians. A lot of you I don't know. But if you're born again and you're following Jesus, you're the most important people on earth. Yes. The most important people on earth. Yes. We've got the best jobs being a Christian. Nothing compares with that. Do you know it's better to be a Christian than the President of the United States? I'm telling you. You've got to start to believe that who you are in Jesus. We've sang beautiful songs this morning that really reiterate what I'm saying. You've got to start to believe what he's done for you. It's his blood that's washed you. It's his blood that's cleansed you. It's the Holy Spirit of God that's within you. You're powerful. You've got more power, more authority than what you realize. You just don't realize it because you're listening to the devil. You're looking at the newscasts. You're looking at the media that tells you you're a Christian. Shut up. You're Christian, you got no, you believe in the Bible, you idiot. Don't you know the Bible's full of fairy stories? That's what they're trying to tell you. Let me just tell you something. The Bible still is the best sold book in the world. Every time I watch these talkback shows and they bring the Bible up, they talk as if the Bible's some book of fairy tales that's gone. It hasn't gone. It's more Bibles are sold than any other book. Why? Because it's the word of the living God. It is a sword of the Spirit. It is a sword of the Spirit. It is a sword of the Spirit. Some of you here, some of you, shame on you. Some of you don't read your Bibles. Shame on you. If you're a soldier in the Lord, you've got to put on the whole armor of God. And part of that armor is a sword of the Spirit. Take it with you because it's the word of God. Some of you go out without the Bible. And I don't mean physically, but you don't go. It's got to be in your mind. got to be in your heart. Thank God. Actually, it's pretty good if you're like me. You've got it on your phone. So you take it anywhere you've got the word of God. But let me just tell you this. He doesn't want to be in the phone. He wants to be in your heart and in your mouth. In your mouth. In your mouth, amen. I told you I'd upset you today, didn't I? Told you that. I told you. Hey, it's only just started. Going to get worse before it gets better. We've got to make a stand like never before. We're Christians. Do not be ashamed that you are a Christian or you come from a Christian family. Do not be ashamed of that. You know what Jesus said? If you're ashamed of me then I will be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. Whoa, they're pretty strong words, aren't they? Oh, I really want to get down amongst you. If you are ashamed of me, and if you get embarrassed by me, you be careful, because I'll be embarrassed by you in the presence of God. I'll be ashamed of you. They're not my words. They're the words of Jesus. And why is he saying that? Because he thinks that you're something great and wonderful and marvelous? No. He's saying that because he knows as a Christian, a sinner born again, you have his spirit within you. I know we can be troubled by what's happening around us. I understand that. But the beautiful scripture Jesus said to his disciples just before he was crucified, they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't understand. And they they became fearful and fled. They didn't know what was happening in his death. They didn't understand that. But before he died, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. So that if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back, receive you to myself. Listen, friend, what can be better than that? 
Because let me just say this. If you're a non-Christian and you're wealthy, that's okay, that's not, that's not bad. And you ma- manage to live 70, 80, even 90 years. One day you're going to die. And all that that you had, it's gone. I know that I'm going to die one day. And whatever I possess down here, it's gone. But I tell you what, I've got more up there than what I had down here. Come on. Come, this is a tr- Some of you don't seem to believe what I'm saying. If you're a Christian, you've got a home in heaven and a reward in heaven that far outweighs anything here. I mean, symbolically, Peter says in Revelation, we'll be walking on streets of gold. Come on. I've never been a wealthy man. I've never had much money, but it's never bothered me anyway because I always know that I'm, I'm wealthy in God. I'm rich in him. Rich. I have an inheritance in him that's glorious. God. But I'm getting old, as you've noticed. And I want to tell you, as I was looking at this message about making a stand, I thought to myself, Lord, I'm an old man now, and I've retired. I've got a sick wife, as you all know. And uh, I preach a little bit, do a couple of Bible studies, but I have to be very careful to make sure I'm staying on the cutting edge for God as an old person. Because things are happening to me as an old man that I never dreamt would happen. That's why I said right at the beginning, it's not how you start, but it's how you finish. I've had some good starts as well. I want to tell you, over the years I've made many stands for Jesus, many as a young man at the age of 15 when I went into a church to break up a meeting but I got born again, I made a stand for Jesus. At the age of 18, I remember when uh, a preacher preached the word, I went out to the front to make a stand for Jesus and I said, Jesus, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And over the years, many of you know me for years, I've made stands for Jesus. I've taken a stand for him. Now I'm an old man. I don't pastor a church. Uh, But I want to finish well. I want to make a stand for Jesus that is real. I don't want to rust out. Somebody says, God, don't let me rust out. Help me to burn out. But let me just say this. I don't want to burn out. I just want to burn Amen. I want the fire of God to be in me as much as it ever was in my younger years. And I want to go to heaven with a blaze of glory. Man. I want to see my family, my family's family, my family's family's family come to the Lord and go on with God. I want to see that inheritance continue to grow in God. I want to make a stand. And what I want to do this morning is make a stand in front of all you people. And a lot of you don't know me, but many of you do. And you know about the stands that I've made. But I'm old now. I don't have the energy that I used to have. A lot of things I don't have that I don't have the memory that I used to have. It's amazing. People come to me and say often, do you remember me, Pastor John? I look at them, I think, no, I don't. <laughs> do you remember when you spoke that word over me? I think, no, I don't. <laughs> But a smile in such a nice way as if it looks like I do. But the memory, I tell you, you know, and all of you older ones, you know what I'm talking about. I used to remember when my mother used to complain about getting in and out of a car. You know, she didn't drive, but when I was driving, she used to take a foot. And she used to complain about getting out. I used to, man, what are you complaining about? It's not hard to get in and out of a car. Yes, it is. It's harder. I never thought that. Do you know what I mean? And I go to the gym, but it's still hard for me to get in and out of the car. So you, your bones don't, uh, well, don't, things don't work like they used to. Have you noticed that? You're, I'm talking to the older. You younger ones don't take any notice for the next couple of things. But you older ones know uh, things don't grow like they used to. And then other things grow a lot more than they used to. It's just, it's, just, it's just that's part of growing old. And you tend to want to draw back. But I've been challenged as I've looked at the world's condition. And I know the persecution that's taking place. You may say to me, 
Yeah, but we don't have the persecution here. Yes, you do. You don't have physical persecution. Many kinds of tribulations and persecution. We have more of a mental persecution. We're attacked spiritually and mentally. Whereas a lot of the Christians in the world attack physically. And I, I don't know if you choose, you might say I'd sooner choose to be attacked like we are than them. But I don't know. When I, in my early days, when I used to travel to India and places like that, you never had sex pushed in your face like it is today. I mean, lust for Christians is a very easy thing in the world in which we live. Because it's just pushed in your face. Sex, sex, sex. All the time. Money, money, money. All the time. Your rights, your rights, your rights all the time. It goes on and on and on. I don't want to get political, so I won't. But I will say this. That I understand that you people are persecuted in a way that you don't perhaps realize you are by the principalities, by the powers, by the rulers of the darkness of this world. So much so that what the devil wants to do with you is is what he wants to do with Christians in other countries is shut your mouth. He wants to shut your mouth. He wants to get a piece of your mind so that the, the belief in miracles, the belief in healings, the belief in giftings, it's the church just become churchgoers. Christianity is only displayed on a Sunday morning when you're singing a few songs, having a round, having a cup of tea together. Then you go out into the world and you blend. Don't ever blend with the world. Don't don't judge the world, but don't blend with it, because there. But for the grace of God, go I. Don't think, and I love this church. Pastor David knows how much I love the fact that you're grassroots level. Oh, I love it. You mix with people you wouldn't all normally want to mix with. Because how many of you know that people can be people? <laughs> and how many of you know that families can be families? You know that. But this church, I really believe, is where Jesus is. On the Wednesdays, on the Fridays, you get, and from the stories I've heard from David, you get some strange people coming through. And we, when I pastored in Armadale and in Giver, see, I pastored in Armadale, I pastored in Giraween. I never managed to get a church in Netherlands. <laughs> they, they, I always, I got where the down and outs were, where the graffiti was at its worst. Well, in 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 Geraldton, in um, Giraween, I used to paint the back door every week. Because of the graffiti. I'm serious. Every week I'd come after, and there's all this graffiti. It was the most painted door in Australia. I'm telling you. I used to do it, the pastor. But grassroots is where Jesus is walking. I offend people sometimes when I'm preaching in other churches. I say, if Jesus was here today in person, he wouldn't be in here, he'd be at the sports center. It'd be down where the down and outs are. It'd be amongst the street people. It won't be with you a lot. You're all right. <laughs> you're saved. You're Christian. You understand what I'm saying? You, you, you got eternal. Now, he goes to where the people are being ministered or need to be ministered to. So I love this church for that. And I say, church, don't stop that. Don't stop. I, I, I've run churches where people have left the church because of the type of people we're ministering to. I've had, I've had Christians say to me, John, it's lovely what you're doing, but I couldn't settle in here. Not my type of people. Dear God, what, what's Christianity about? Do, do these people think that they're any better than these street people? Do you think you're any better than these street people? You're not. You're saved. You're born again. You're washed in the blood. You're given the gifts of God. But if you hadn't got that, friend, I don't care how good you think you are, you're lying. You're a sinner. You need the blood of Jesus and you've been cleansed in the blood. Hallelujah. Okay, time has gone. I've got to watch that clock. I want to, do you know what I want to do? I want to make a stand for Jesus. As an old man, I want to make a stand. And, And I would like to invite people here, young and old, to say, John, 
I've heard what you said today. I want to make a stand. I need to stand against this sickness in my body. I need to make a stand against my finances. That are always, always, or nothing. I never have anything for God. I need to make a stand for my marriage. I need to make a stand for my kids. I need to make a stand against lust. Did you hear that? I need to make a stand against lust. It's filling my mind. I've got to make a stand against it. Lust for the flesh. Lust for money. Lust all sorts of things. I've got to make a stand. And I need to let Jesus know that in these terrible times we're coming in, I want to stand for him. I don't want to run away. I don't want to turn my back. I want to be like those Ukrainian soldiers who stood their ground. I don't want to be religious. I just finished with this last thought, something that I saw that really upset me. Um, the Orthodox, Russian Orthodox religion, their top guy, dressed in all his regard, he gave... A talk, and he said this camera's warning, he wanted to go all over through Russia because there were, people were going to volunteer, or they were trying to get the volunteers. <laughs> volunteers, if, but anyway, that's another word. But they were getting these people to join the army. This guy said, all of you who go and fight for Russia, if you are killed in the process, your sins will be absolved because you are sacrificing from Mother Russia. This is a top so-called Christian in Russia. I want to tell you that's a load of rubbish, a load of lies. The sacrifices we do are not for Mother Australia or Mother Russia. Or the, the, the sacrifices we do is for Jesus. Amen. Come on. It's for him. Hallelujah. Because I believe the kingdoms of this world are going to become the kingdoms of our God. Amen. Yeah, amen. I love Australia, don't get me wrong. I, I, I won't want to live anywhere. I love Australia. But I see that Australia needs some people to stand up for Jesus. Right. Don't be religious. Yeah. Yeah. Make a stand for Jesus. Be a Christian. Yeah. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to come stand down here. And I'm going to make a stand. Nobody may join me. That's okay. But I'm going to stand. Because I want to finish my life well. Yeah. I started well. And I've had good moments, I've had, I've had ups and downs, but I make stands for Jesus. Sometimes we just have to say, I'm going to make a stand for you. What about you? Would you like to renew your stand for Jesus? Do you feel, I want to make a stand for him. You don't look at me, don't look at others. You do, if you make a stand, it's, it's a declaration before God. You're standing for God. Do you understand that? Not because it's the right thing to do. You, you, something in your heart that says, I want to make a stand for Jesus. At this point in my life, you may be young, you may be old, it doesn't matter. But I want to make a stand. If that's you, I wonder if you'd like to join me down at the front. I'm going to make a stand right now. I, here's my stand for you, Jesus. If you want to do that, you come. Don't come if you don't want to. It's okay, it's not a problem. If you feel you don't want to, don't. But if you feel you can and you want to, come. Yeah, don't be afraid. Come push. Actually, I'll come back up here because it's push right up. Push right up. Push right up. This this puts us all on the same plane. Every person out here, we're on the same plane as each other. Can you say amen to that? Yeah, let's. We're on the same plane. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise. God. Yeah, come, try and come closer. Don't matter if you close. Forget COVID. Come close. Come close. Praise God. Come close as you can. Amen. If you feel you want to come, you come close. Let me just say this. How many, are there anybody here that's making a stand that perhaps you've never publicly made a stand for Jesus before? Maybe this is to you a new thing. You've come to this church. You've seen the wonderful work the church is doing. And you've really loved David and Rochelle and the work is here. And you, maybe you say, I'm going to give my heart to Jesus. But you've never actually physically made a, a stand like this in front of people. If anybody is here like that, making a stand now, can you just put your hand up so I can see it? If the, I want to see if there are any new uh, people standing for Jesus. Put your hand up. God bless you. Anybody else? Just put your hand up so I can see it. I want to pray specially for those. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. Okay. How many people here in the stand that you're making, it really means 
I want to, I want to stand against this sickness in my body. Uh, just raise your hands. So those people, uh, put your hands up. That's a lot of you. That's a lot of you. Okay. How many people here are saying, I, I need to make a stand for my family? Wow. Wow. A lot of good. God, bl- that's good. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I came from a family that was dysfunctional and my dad was a bad dad and my wife's dad was a bad dad and they were bad because their parents were bad and I looked at the history and they go back they got these parents that were bad and so my dad went through the first world war and became a drunkard and but he's always got something to blame and and when I got saved you know what I said I'm going to change that you know I saw my family going that way my brothers just into drink into fighting and and I thought no I'm going to break that curse in the name of Jesus and I broke it I broke it I've got three kids that are born again two of them's are pastors the third one he's he's well he wandered for and I I wondered at one stage if it ever I had a son that was so far removed I wondered at one stage if it had ever come back he had three failed marriages into drugs and he I think he came here and did his speak. He spoke it. But he's on fire for God. I was in church the other Sunday. He was next to me. And I prayed. Pamela said, if anyone wants to pray now, they can. So I prayed out loud. Immediately after I prayed, he prayed. You don't know what that did for me. This son that was so far removed from God is now so on fire for God. I made a stand. A lot of you are standing for your family. What about your finances? Some of you are struggling financially. Who's making a stand that your finances will improve? Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. They should. There's no reason why they can't. God wants to bless you. Because you know why he wants to bless you? So you can give a lot. Yeah. yeah, Amen. You know, thank God that we can come to a church or give us handouts. And that's wonderful. But how much better when we've got enough to give other people handouts? God wants to prosper us like that. So I'm going to say a prayer. I just wish we had the time. Time's nearly gone. I'd love to prophesy over all of you this morning. God, I'd love to get my hands on you all. There's one lady I feel I've got it. You, look at me. <laughs> I just want to say the Lord sees you standing again for him right now, and he's pleased with that. Because he's seen the heartache. He's seen the disappointment. He's seen all those things. But you're still here. You haven't given up on him. And God sees that, and God's going to bless you abundantly for that. You don't give up. You don't give up. I, a lot of you are the same. Some of you have had some rough, tough lives. Some of you have been had it really hard. And that lady, you, you will put you, your hand up there. You know, God sees you. He knows you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what's caused you to be at the place you are now. And he sees the disappointments that you've had and the tears that you've shed. He sees that. But you're standing for him. And he's going to bless all of you. You've all got a story. And he's so pleased that you're here. You may say, I'm here, John, but I don't really deserve to be here. Of course you don't. None of it. I don't. It's not a matter of what we deserve. It's a matter of God loving us and pouring his grace upon us. You're here because of the grace of God. Amen. Amen. Do Do you believe that? Because of the grace of God. And... Young lady, God wants to do some good things in your life. There's something in you that's really ready to break out for God. Let it. Don't hold it. Don't let the devil tell you you, you don't qualify. You're not good enough. Don't, don't let the devil tell you that at all. He's got something within you. He's put a gift in you that he wants you to really move in the area of that gift. He's going to show you what it is, and he's going to develop that within you. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Just a couple more seconds. Is that okay before we pray? And uh, this lady here, come here, come here. This stand that you're making today is going to revolutionize your life and the circumstances around your life. And there's some circumstances that you're in right now that look impossible It's almost like you feel like a Ukrainian being faced with the Russians. And how could these things change anyway? Who am I? What am I? How can I? Well, you're making a stand for Jesus. If it's for Jesus, then those things, you're going to get breakthroughs in all those areas. He's going to do it in the name of Jesus. 
Because listen to this, I'm going to tell you this is scripture. I forgot when I was preaching to say, the devil will tell you that he's strong. But the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And let me say this, Jesus is within you and he's a greater one. And he will bring something really wonderful, wonderful for you to pass. He really will. Amen. And who raised their hand here for a first time? Was it you? Come here, I want to pray for you. Don't be frightened. Come on, love. Come on, love. Come on. You're not too old to receive a great blessing from God. There's a lot of things in your mind that you don't understand, that you can't understand. There's things that have happened that you don't even know how to work them out. You know, you just don't know. But he does. Okay? And he's glad that you're making a stand for him today because he's going to forgive you. He's going to forgive you. Hear this again. He's going to forgive you for everything that you ever did wrong. He's going to wash you in his blood and you're going to be clean in the blood of Jesus. So Lord, just touch her. Cleanse her in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. May this lady's life never be the same again. May this stand that she's making for you be a real, positive, powerful stand. In the name of Jesus, I ask it. Amen. 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 Now, everybody, let's just raise our hands to God. Father, we're at this altar today because we want to make a stand for you. Lord, I do. And I'm, as I pray this prayer, Lord, I'm praying for myself as much as I pray for anybody here. I want to thank you for what you've done in my life in the past. Lord, there's been ups and downs. There's been failures. There's been disappointments. But somehow, some way, you always brought me through. Now, Lord, at this time in my life, I want to finish on fire for you. Lord, I don't want to think, well, I've done it all. I've been there, done that. I can just sit back and relax. I don't want that, Lord. I want to keep working for you. And these people here, Lord, who's got their hands raised are of the same mind. Some are young. And they've got their whole lives before them. And I thank you, Lord, that they're standing here. Young people with their lives before them are saying, I'm going to stand up for Jesus. I thank you for that. And others here, Lord, that I have known for a long time. And they're like me, Lord. We're getting on in years. But, Lord, we want to say, we want to go out, Lord, in a blaze of glory. We don't want to rust out, Lord. We want to keep fighting the fight. We want to keep fighting that good fight of faith. So, Lord, for every hand that is raised, Holy Spirit, come down right now. Holy Spirit, come down upon each person whose hand is raised. Me as well, Lord. Holy Spirit, come upon us afresh. We pray this morning for fresh oil, for a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit that this church will continue to do the work and even more than it's been doing. So may your blessing and your peace and your joy be with every one of us. Lord, the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, rest and remain with each of us now and forevermore. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you.